How's it going, guys? Welcome back to the Noobs Podcast. Uh, sorry for the technical difficulties, but we are here now. Uh, Chuck's got his coffee. You talking about? We're good to go. We were just on time. Uh, if you're watching this after the fact, you never even knew. What's going on today, guys? Um, can we go ahead and run through a few things? What are we doing today? Today, we're going to be answering your questions. We had a bunch of you submit your questions for the Hack 5 giveaway. And now we're going to start answering a bunch of those. Yeah, so we will announce the winners of the giveaway. I know you're, you're kind of just like, ah, I want to know. I'm giving away five $100 uh, Hack 5 gift cards, which you can get some pretty decent stuff with that. And the mm-hmm. stuff is amazing. I just gave Cameron a bunch of stuff. And like, yeah. that stuff is crazy. It's just fun. Fun to play with. Fun to tinker with. It's crazy what you can do with it. And uh, I'm also giving away five memberships to uh, the new Barmy, which, what is that? We're kind of still <laughs> working on it. But essentially, it's like Network Chuck Premium. It's where you can join and help us do more of this. It is a paid membership, but we're also producing paid courses. We already have some cool stuff in there. Like, hey, if you want to learn how to do bug bounty, which is hacking legally, and uh, not illegally, but legally, you can hack like Apple and Google and stuff. So it's, it's really cool. Anyways, check it out if you want to find out below. And uh, we're giving away five one-year memberships of that. So we'll announce the winners here probably in about... 15, 30 minutes. But first, we're going to burn through some questions. And of course, if you got a question in the chat, um, let me know. Anyways, Cameron, what's qu- actually, you know what? Let's um, let's talk about what what we're doing with Noobs. Like last week, we were on the main channel, Network Chuck. Right. What are we doing now? Uh, now we're trying to bring it onto its own channel, keep a lot of the main Network Chuck content just on the Network Chuck channel, and we'll do all the podcast here on the Noobs podcast channel. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. We want to make this its own thing. Um, a lot of people don't care about podcast stuff, so I want to mm-hmm. keep that separate. But for those of you who love long-form content like I freaking do, I'll just turn on something in the background and listen to it for hours while I'm playing video games or just studying or something. It's mm-hmm. nice to have something in the background. So anyways, hope this is what's going to be for you. All right, Cameron, you got a question uh, lined up for us first? Uh, Chuck, what laptop are you using? <laughs> <laughs> so this is my favorite laptop I've ever had. So I've had MacBooks, I've had... Um, some other gaming laptops, but this is a uh, a Razer laptop. Um, I forgot what the exact model number is. I've had it for a few years, but Razer laptops they feel like the Windows version of a MacBook, and it's excellent. I game on this. I do um, when I'm on the road. I'll do mobile video editing and, and of course hacking. I've got all my my hacking stickers <laughs> like you're supposed to. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's amazing. I freaking love it. Karen, um, what kind of laptop do you use? Not nothing anymore. <laughs> uh, so I guess that's a good segue. Uh, so Cameron, in case you're wondering, who who's this guy? If you're just tuning into this for the first time, this is my brother, and he uh, is an IT guy like myself. And I'm not gonna tell you. Tell them who you are. Uh, yeah. So origin story time. Chuck, as a child, always tried to get me to do more technology things and just get more into it overall. Not and me as a child, him as a child. Me as a child. Um, <laughs> but over time, he convinced me to go for my A-plus right when I was about to leave high school. Uh, so if you haven't watched the intro- introduction video for me, uh, got my A-plus at 18, then help desk at 19, uh, then got my CCNA and CSENT, mm-hmm. the network engineer, and then cloud engineer by 23. And then now at 24, quitting and working for Chuck. So real quick, talk about like leaving your your current role uh, was a pretty big deal because you you love that job. Oh yeah, I I really do. I I loved the job that I had. It was really fun. It was constantly engaging, always learning, and that's what I like to do. I like to constantly tinker and learn new things. And in this position, it was actively encouraged to constantly learn new things and become better at what you do. Yeah, and this dude was like he was working with AWS like for a, a massive company. I'm talking mm-hmm. like crazy stuff. 
and you were doing uh, automation. You were automating yeah. networks. Like you were, he was doing some fun stuff. We were a very uh, automation heavy team. That it was really rare that we would go out and look for a service that we would pay for. We would typically try to make all of our own applications in house for things that interface with AWS. We rarely ever wanted to find something else. We always wanted to make our own code, make our own stuff our own way. Mm. And so, I mean, so you're putting him to sleep, Cameron. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, so essentially, he's doing some amazing things. I'm like, you know what? This guy, he knows a lot of stuff. He has gone the same path I, I pretty much went. Like, he went more cloud than I ever did. Uh, but he knew the path. He skipped college. And, you know, he's, he's like me. He likes tech. Yeah. So I'm like, let's bring him on. And let's do more teaching. Because, like, you guys know I'm really crappy about doing my courses and stuff. Like, I never get them done. So he's going to help me do more stuff. And... Um, and part of that is doing this podcast. He's managing getting the people on, uh, our guests. So if you have a guest in mind, let us know. We're mm -hmm. getting those guests lined up. We want to do a Q&A podcast right after our initial one because like, we wanted to kind of introduce ourselves. Like, we realized mm -hmm. that we just kind of jumped in cold, like, hey, right. noobs podcast. But I figured you guys got to get like meet Cameron more and talk to me because I haven't like been live streaming in a long, long time. Right. Um, so the format of what we're going to be doing with noobs is uh, we will be launching a podcast weekly every Monday. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> and uh, it won't always be live. Sometimes live like we're doing here, but other times it'll be just pre-recorded. We'll launch it. It's going to be uh, on YouTube here. So if you like YouTube, it'll be on Spotify. Uh, it'll be on, on Apple. Everywhere you can listen to a podcast, it will live there. And uh, We'll have the links below. I'm not sure they're there right now. Michaela, can you help us out? Michaela's our admin. <laughs> Michaela, can you add the links for our stuff in the description and also in the chat? Uh, we'll get better at this. Uh, <laughs> I'll go and answer a question right now. Um, Srikardut. I don't, I can't, I don't know how to say that name. Or that's a screen name. What's the plan for the CCNA playlist? The plan <laughs> is to do it. <laughs> so I know. You haven't seen an episode. Like, there's getting cobwebs on that playlist right now. You haven't seen one in a while. Um, it's coming. It's coming. I've been ramping up. Actually, in case you're wondering, I just finished up Python episode six. Uh, Linux episode eight and nine are coming soon. And yeah, the CCNA playlist is going to be bam, killing it. And then Cameron's working on, you want to talk about what you're, what you're <laughs> I can't talk tonight, what you're working on right now? I am working on a mini course just on uh, web requests and doing like REST APIs and stuff like that. Curl. Curl. So yeah, it's going to be a fun one. But yeah, so CCNA coming soon. I I have an ambitious goal of finishing that this year. Not If you've ever seen the CCNA, it covers so much stuff. And that's mm -hmm. why it's one of the best IT certifications out there. Speaking of which we got a video coming out soon on the best IT certifications for entry-level people. And mm -hmm. I'm not going to tell you what it is right now because that would ruin the surprise. Yeah, so don't, uh, don't even try to ask that question. For him. We're question, not going to answer it. Shut you down. <laughs> shut you down immediately. Uh, but, yeah, CCNA is amazing, and I, I definitely want to finish that. Um, you got a question lined up, Cam? One just kind of caught my eye. Um, bad at pronunciation as well. I think it's uh, Lackey Anderson, uh, your favorite AWS product. For me, coming from network engineer to cloud, that was the transit gateway. And that's just the way for you to connect multiple AWS VPCs basically into one route table or several route tables. But it makes, basically puts it into like a more of a hub type situation with uh, your network engineering stuff in the cloud, which that was really helpful because typically you have to have all your different VPCs connected through uh, peering connections, which is a pain if anyone's ever dealt with that. So my favorite is definitely transit gateway. So that's a big topic for another time. But let us know, actually, because Cameron has extensive experience in the cloud. He has his AWS Solutions Cert Architect. Certified Solutions Architect Associate. Yeah, it's stupid. <laughs> they, AWS, if you're listening, change that sucker. <laughs> that's a stupid name. It's a mouthful. 
if you want us to produce more cloud content, uh, Cameron's the man. And uh, of course, I did the, uh, I was on the Azure side. I did the <laughs> Azure Administrator Associate, which is much shorter um, in the name. The, the content's good. Uh, question for you, and I, I like this question. Will Cameron have his own tea line or coffee line <laughs> like like I do? I have Network Check Coffee. Will we have a Network Cameron Tea? I mean, we have to really see how well the Network Chuck Coffee goes. So if that goes really well and keeps going up, maybe we'll start a tea company too. Yeah, so if you want tea, then you have to buy coffee to get there. So yeah. networkchuck.coffee. <laughs> Which, speaking of which, um, that's not just a place for coffee, it's for merch. So we'll, we'll be producing merch like all mm -hmm. YouTubers do. You gotta do that, it's just what they do. But we'll have like noob stuff and everything, so uh, stay tuned for that. Um, Somebody asked if they could get your coffee shipped to South Africa. I, yeah, I, I pretty much I allow shipping to anywhere. It's just going to cost you more money to get it to South Africa. So, yeah, I believe so. And if not, uh, just send us an email, chuck at networkchuck.com, and I'll have my people look at it. We'll make sure you get your coffee. Um, oh, Chloe liked this one. Some guy just asked how we are. The greetings from Germany. Oh, yeah, yeah. So my daughter is in love. My oldest daughter is in love with Germany, German culture, everything. Mm -hmm. She's probably in there singing a German song right now. Um, we are good to answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> I just finished some Python recordings just before this uh, this podcast, and Cameron just drove over here. Mm -hmm. um, this question, I didn't finish reading it, but I'm going to read it now. What did you want to do before IT, and what was Cameron doing before working for you? So we kind of covered that. Cameron was doing his own thing, uh, working for a, a company running their cloud. Mm -hmm. and it's it's kind of a scary move for you to like come work for me full time because it's something you don't... Oh, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a complete... 180 from what I currently or what I, what I what I was doing. So yeah, it's a it's a big change. Uh, but I, I definitely see where I'm gonna love it a lot. There's it's it's a lot different, but you have to embrace those differences as positives as well. A lot of things are changing, but it's changing for the good. So yeah, like teaching. While uh, I try to make it look as. Well, Siri, be quiet. Siri wanted to chime in. <laughs> <laughs> While I try to make it look as easy and as easygoing as possible on my channel, teaching is extremely difficult. It's extremely hard. And I didn't just like wake up, you know, one day and said, "Oh, I'm gonna make a YouTube channel and do this teaching." You know, I I've been doing YouTube since 2014 for this technical stuff, and I work for CBT Nuggets, producing content professionally. So Cameron's already really good, and he's just gonna get better with time. So yeah, y'all let him know how he's doing. Um, I had a question I was gonna pull up. Where'd it go? Um, oh, we didn't finish the other question. So what did you do before IT? Good question. So I, I love talking about what I did before because I was a career changer. Cameron just got out of high school and, and somehow was an IT person. As, <laughs> as long as you count Starbucks to help desk as, an I, as a career yeah. change. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's like more of like a, a high school job, right? Yeah, for me, it was, for, me, for me, Starbucks was my high school job. So I went from working at Starbucks to... Starbucks slash working at a computer repair shop to help desk. Yeah, so like for him, it was like just it just made sense. My dad was in IT. I'd mm -hmm. already done the IT path. He's like, oh, I'm just gonna do it. For me, I didn't always want to be in IT. In fact, I had no ambitions or any mm -hmm. any any will to do IT until I was 21 or 22. Um, I originally wanted to become a missionary, and I wanted to go to Bible college, which I did go to Bible college mm -hmm. for a little bit, and then I uh, I. My wife and I got pregnant with our, or my wife got pregnant with our first baby. <laughs> I didn't do anything. Um, and we were, like, I was making nothing. I was making, like, uh, I think 10 bucks an hour, maybe, maybe less than that. Uh, do, working in a call center was a terrible job, and I hated it. And I just decided, you know what? I can't do this anymore. This life sucks. Um, I was never really good at IT. Honestly, I was never good at IT. I never cared about it. So if you're thinking, oh, man, should I get in IT? I'm not, like, a genius like those other people I see. Like, you always mm -hmm. hear, like, the people in IT who, um, 
they had this great origin story like oh my dad bought me a Commodore 64 when I was 12 years old and and it was I, I programmed a game and it was history for me past that no that wasn't me like I didn't I knew how to use a computer I always had them and I that was it <laughs> so I decided that I'm gonna get my A plus to change my life to get more money to to better my family because we were living off food stamps we had nothing going for us so I studied at my my job spent hours and hours doing that got my A plus got that first help desk job and then just realized like holy crap you don't need a degree for this which is crazy you don't you don't need any um, really official training you just have to have drive mm-hmm. and you have to just put in the time to learn the stuff so like I got my A plus and I got my CCNA and I'm like not only can I get a job with no degree mm-hmm. I can accelerate and make six figures like pretty dang fast so I was making six figures um, in like three to four years. Cameron, you were just shy of six figures. Just shy. 24 years old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cloud engineer and just just shy of six figures. That's stupid. That's no, stupid. but that I'll touch more on that drive and passion. That was one thing that I saw a lot uh, going into interviews and stuff was that is really what they're looking for. That now as we're slowly going more and more into this, I guess, college-less era, a lot of jobs are no longer requiring college mm-hmm. and a lot of them are looking for more passion and the ability to mold you to for their company to oh, someone just said it's about drive huh put in the work in the hours oh, stop <laughs> stop it <laughs> that was dj remedy nice place sir but yeah um passion if you go, go to an interview don't be scared of saying you don't know something but be optimistic about learning that thing you don't know. And that, that'll take you a lot farther than a lot of things. Amen. Amen. Um, I got a question from uh, anonymous help. <laughs> okay. Um, brother, can you start CompTIA a plus course? I kind of want to, but in a sense, I don't want to give away too much what we're doing. I think the a plus is a fantastic certification, but I think it just covers, it covers too much. It does. Um, and does it still have printers in it? I'm not sure. I haven't had it in years. Like my, I got the A plus back in 2009. When Wait, did you get yours? You, uh, I got mine in 2016. But you took the 600 series. I don't even remember what it was called. I, I think you took like the 600. I took the 800. And I think we're on the thousand right now. Yeah, I took mine. It was pencil and paper. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it was in a testing center. Um, but you know, we we do we we do want to create courses that will help you make that transition from nothing mm-hmm. to definitely something like get on a help desk. Let me tell you a secret. You, and someone just asked, like, is it feasible to get on a help desk making $50,000 a year? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely depends where you're at. So if you're like, you're in America and you're like in an area like Dallas or Seattle or New York where like tech is really hot. Yeah, yeah it's definitely possible. I can't speak for other regions, but um, you don't need any, any IT training to be, become a help desk person. You know what they look for on a help desk? <laughs> Um, they look for someone who is just really eager to learn, like mm-hmm. really excited, who can um, have who has good customer service experience. So if you yeah. if you're a person who like worked at Starbucks, McDonald's, whatever, and you can like deal with very irate, difficult people, you are ready to go for the help desk. Customer service will take you really far oh in gosh. IT. It'll take you really, really That's far. That's a course we should honestly make is just those soft skills because yeah. honestly, um, real talk here. <laughs> I wasn't the best network engineer. Like I was, I was, I was competent. I was good at my job, but what got me far 
was knowing how to communicate to people around me. Mm -hmm. Knowing how to communicate to my managers, uh, know how to communicate problems that we had, uh, talking with uh, support, talking with um, other people having issues. That is what got me really far. Just those, those the X factor of uh, just the customer service, personability, being a human. Like some, sometimes it comes hard on people. I, I know it's it's a skill that you have to kind of learn and build up. I mean, what do they call that? Whenever uh, what is it? The the eighth layer of the OSI model. Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. They, they call they call it politics. <laughs> so. The greatest network engineer has to know all eight layers. Yeah, uh huh, 100% true. And it goes for any area of IT, so mm -hmm. network engineering uh, systems. Whatever. And they're all kind of blending now, like the roles, it's kind of weird. No, roles are really blending together because on cloud, I found myself doing network engineering, uh, systems engineering, everything. Any, anything that nobody wanted to work on that thought that was a cloud's problem came to us. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, go ahead and pull up another question. I'm going to pull up the uh, contest and get that ready to announce the winners real quick. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, this is probably one that we touched on a lot if you watched our live stream last week with John Hammond. And this was asking, what is the best Kali Linux version to put hands on for the basics of pen testing? Now, John Hammond, as you guys know, is he doesn't like to call himself one, but I would call him a cybersecurity expert. Mm -hmm. uh, he recommended if you're getting into cybersecurity and learning about all these tools, don't even go for Kali. Jump straight into Ubuntu, and then U and then Ubuntu. <laughs> Excuse his pronunciation. I'm sorry. And start installing the tools that you need to learn, and don't just have all the tools ready at once. Because once you learn how to install it and configure it and use it, he said that'll take you a lot farther than just already having it pre-installed on just a regular uh, or on, on Kali. Just having it all there presented to you, taking the time to learn it and get used to it and figure it out. He said, "Well." get you a lot farther. So if I had to recommend, which is what I'm doing right now, is starting with Ubuntu. And don't just go straight into Kali. Um, but yeah, how do you feel about that one? Yeah, no, that's solid. Um, I, I think uh, Kali has its place, and it's fun. Um, I, you can't go wrong with Ubuntu or Kali. The way I see it, like, um, there's Kali and Ubuntu are based off of Debian Linux. They're both based, based off that, so they're pretty similar. <laughs> like, yeah. when you're working in Ubuntu, and if you install a tool like Inmap, you're not gonna know the difference between working in Kali except for the background in Kali. Now, I know the Kali team, like I've, I've talked with them and have meetings with them. They work hard on Kali. They do a good job. They changed the default shell from Bash to ZSH. And it's a really good product. So, and they've made it so widely available from getting it on WSL2 to a bootable USB to freaking on your Android phone with Kali NetHunter. Mm -hmm. So I do love them for that. And they, dude, Game recognized game. They have good branding. Oh, they do they, have they really have good branding. Really good branding on that. But yeah, so not saying don't use Kali, but if you want to learn, start with Ubuntu and install your tools on there. But if you're already experienced, know what you're doing, and you want to just have Kali, like we're saying, like on a phone or on a stick or something, yeah, run Kali if you want your stuff already pre-installed. But if you're learning, Ubuntu, install your own tools. All right, real quick, I want to announce one of the winners here. Um, this is for the Hack5 gift card. It's coming out of... Uh, Standish, account called Standish in the USA. Robert Williams run a hack hack five gift card, hundred bucks. Get that to you soon, man. Congrats. Um, seriously, like you've seen me make some hack five content on this channel. If you haven't, you should go check it out. It's it's so fun because it makes hacking so practical. Mm -hmm. A lot of what you do in hacking is learning like just sitting at a terminal and just kind of messing around. But like having a device you can plug into something and like actually hack someone. And these are like tools that legit hackers use, pen testing companies use. Yeah. If you listen to that podcast, uh, Darknet Diaries, which you should, they always talk about having a bunch of uh, 
bad USBs or rubber duckies in their bag, and they just will drop them throughout the parking lot as part of the pen test. So you, it's hacking tools. You got to try them out. They're so cool. Yeah. And uh, we had, who is this? How to balance learning and life when studying school or home learning. Now that one is something that takes a lot of um, takes a lot of sacrifice. It depends on what cert you're going for, but you will have to cut out joy uh, out of your life to get a cert, especially if it's a hard one. You have to dedicate a lot of time and labbing to it, mm-hmm. especially like CCNA or some of these AWS certs. You have to, like, I would find myself skipping lunch break at work, studying for my lunch break, get home, maybe go to the gym or something, and then the rest of the night until probably like an hour before bed, I was studying. And then until I was ready to take the test, and so you'll you'll lose you'll lose some time out of your life, some joy, but it'll be worth it in the long run. Yeah, putting in that time is is really hard. Um, and I think it's another course I want to make honestly is like a how to study course and how mm-hmm. to kind of hack your mind, because uh, studying like learning the stuff isn't the most difficult part. It's just getting past your own your own mental blocks. Um, getting past that laziness, getting past that controller you want to pick up and play tonight. Mm-hmm. Like after this live stream, you should totally go study. And here's what I would say, and this is the advice I give so many people, um, and I say it all the time on this channel. You don't have to study for an hour. It doesn't have to be like two or three hour, four hour session. It doesn't have to be that. It can be as little as five minutes. Just show up every single day and do just a little bit of study. Just don't miss it. Mm-hmm. Make it a streak. Make it a habit. Show up. Just do it. Uh, I was listening to like a – I was watching TikTok. <laughs> and I was listening to this uh, little TikTok snippet from my one of my favorite authors, James Clear, author of Atomic Habits. And he was uh, telling a story about how it's, it's the two-minute rule, about how this one of his uh, readers would go to the gym, and they went to the gym every day for six weeks, but they were only allowed to stay there for two minutes. Oh, my gosh. They, if they, they could not stay any longer. They said they went there for two minutes and left home and then went home. Which sounds stupid, right? Like you can't, mm-hmm. like you, you get there just enough time to drop your gym gym bag down and like walk in the treadmill for like 30 seconds and you leave. But what they were doing is they were showing up. They were building that habit. So they did mm-hmm. it for th- six weeks and then they optimized after that. So the point of that is um, you can't optimize what you're not showing up for. So I, I know like if, if you're like me, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna get my amazing perfect study plan. I'm gonna mm-hmm. study two hours at breakfast, two hours at lunch, and 45 hours at dinner. Like you're just gonna go crazy, right? You have this really big ambitious plan, but then it's too big, it's too much, it's overwhelming, and you end up not showing up. That's what. That's how I am. Mm-hmm. I'm so ambitious and I never follow through. But if you just make it a goal to just show up and commit to that for a bit, maybe 15 minutes every single day. Maybe when you're using the bathroom, you're looking at the flashcards. I don't know, but you can hack that, and then. Once you've built that habit over, I don't know, six weeks, add more time, add more time. Now, I'm, I'm not saying like that's a prescription, like you have to do that, but that's one way to hack your mind. Because like really that's what you're battling against is that, that brain of yours. Um, the only thing stopping you from being coming an IT person, a help desk person, a hacker, whatever, is just those mental hurdles. Anyone can do this. It's insane how it's, there's so much training available. There's so much knowledge available. It's so freely available right now. There's nothing stopping you except for you. That's it, 100% you. So anyways. I saw an interesting question come through uh, the chat. And someone asked, what did we think about Windows uh, CBL, the, the Linux? I think it's very interesting. I, I think it's really interesting. I think there's got to be someone out there to really uh, give Red Hat a run for their money in like the enterprise Linux space. Well, first right? of all, tell them what Windows uh, CBL is. It is Linux, or Windows is making, or Microsoft is making their own flavor of a 
supported enterprise type Linux. If you're not familiar with Red Hat, you have to pay for subscription services and stuff to constantly get updates and have it supported. It's basically having enterprise ready Linux. Since it's is an open source uh, software, you don't really get support. Like you get Ubuntu, you don't get support. You can't yeah. call anyone and say, hey, I need help with my Ubuntu. But with Red Hat, you can do that. And Windows or Microsoft is trying to release their own version of their own Linux with that type of enterprise support. And people are expecting that with Windows types of uh, security releases and updates that they could possibly beat Red Hat. So, like, I, unpopular opinion, I love Windows. I really do. Mm -hmm. Like, I, (laughs) another unpopular hot take. Is that what they say, (laughs) hot takes? Yeah. I think Linux for desktop is stupid. (laughs) I think Linux in the enterprise environment makes total sense. Linux for your desktop, yeah, have fun trying to make things work all the time. Like, I I just... My, my Windows machine, yeah, sometimes will break down, but I reboot and it's fine. Now, I thought about that, and that's why I've started trying to use desktop Ubuntu just to play with it, see how it is, and it's been fairly smooth. It's been very, they've made it very uh, Apple-ish, very, very Mac OS type uh, feeling to it. Um, uh, great question from Luke. Um, he says, how hard was it to find your first job in IT? Um, finding that first one is really, really, really. It's hard. difficult because sometimes you have to kind of, sometimes you have to kind of settle for what you weren't expecting. Like I thought I had my A plus coming out of high school, so I thought, oh, I have my A plus, I can jump straight into a help desk job. But it was very hard to find a company that was like, we're not going to hire an eighteen year old to be on our help desk with no college degree. Yeah. So especially when like there's other mm-hmm. people that are older than you with more experience, right? At the same job. Yeah. Like yeah. I may have my A plus, but they may have five years of customer service experience, and they beat me. So that that made it kind of hard. Like, I got my A-plus in, I think, May or April of 2016. I ended up not getting my first IT job until, I think, June of 2017. And that was a computer repair technician. Or actually, I started out as a technical receptionist. So <laughs> I, I just did, like, <laughs> device intake. And then they were like, okay, this dude knows a little, little about computers. And they promoted me to a, a bench technician. But just getting that bench technician job still took another... I think like two months of being a technical receptionist, and I didn't get my my uh, help desk job until yeah, probably like almost a year and a half after mm. I got my A plus. So like, don't get discouraged. Just keep applying, keep going to job interviews. I went to a ton. I, I even interviewed at one of your companies one time for their help desk, mm-hmm. and I ended up not getting it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's rough. But once you get it, once you get your foot in the door, there's nothing but opportunity after that because then you can just start growing in your role. And then now you have experience under your belt and you can jump to other companies or different departments in your current company. It all just opens up after that. Yeah, my first IT job was um, Staples. <laughs> I was a Staples Easy Tech, which is the off-brand of uh, Best Buy Geek Squad. Mm-hmm. I'm not even sure Staples has Easy I don't think they have it anymore. It may have disappeared. But yeah, so it was, it was very, like, I was terrified because I didn't know anything. But I use my customer service skills to say, okay, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still. I, I, I didn't have my A plus at the time, but what I told them is like, hey, I'm working on my A plus, and I can, I can talk, I can, I can make people feel like they're being taken care of and stuff, and I can, I can communicate the problems. Okay, cool. They hired me. Um, I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> I, I remember getting a PC and it had a problem. I think it had like a virus or something, and I'm like, I don't. I don't even know how to troubleshoot this. And I actually called dad. I called dad at work. <laughs> and I was like, hey, uh, what, what do you think is going on here? And wh- can you walk me through this? Like, I was that green. I had no idea what I was mm-hmm. doing. Um, but just, and I, honestly, it wasn't a great paying job. And I had terrible hours. I was working 
uh, on the weekends and stuff because it was a um, a retail job. But you got to take those jobs, even if yeah. it's less money, because it, you. I'm telling you, man, it does lead to bigger stuff. You mm-hmm. just have to pay your dues a little bit. Now you don't have to pay for like three years or anything. Just pay it enough. Like you better believe it. Like when I was at Staples, I got the job. Boom, day one, I had experience. So I was mm-hmm. applying at other places. Always be applying, even if you're really happy where you're at. Dude, always be looking. You never know. ABL, is that a thing? Always be looking? <laughs> always be looking. <laughs> uh, but there's a ton of op- opportunity out there, and uh, don't be afraid to settle for less because it will will pay you back. What certification is often overlooked in your eyes? I wouldn't say necessarily overlooked, but I would say undervalued is definitely the A+. Plus. That mm-hmm. I. I would say a lot of people talk about it, throw it out there, but a lot of people see it as just kind of like a, uh, you need to get this before you can get a job type cert. But what mm-hmm. I what I found was that it gave me a lot of base knowledge for a lot of things. So like mm-hmm. random acronyms I would hear about that weren't necessarily a part of being on the help desk or something still came out. And I was like, oh, I remember that from the A+, even though I covered it for like less than a chapter, I still remember mm-hmm. it. Yeah, the a, if you don't know what the A plus is, it's the CompTIA A plus. It's like one of the first IT certifications that people get when they first start getting into IT. You may be in high school right now, and they offer that certification course as part of your curriculum in your high school. That's what you did, right? I actually, uh, we didn't have a class for it. Or we had I had to talk to. We had like a, a dedicated class that was for like computer maintenance. It was really basic. Really, okay. It wasn't really much. It was like everyone go on the computer and shut up for an hour, and that was basically what it is. And if you completed the little modules on the computer, that was it. Well, uh, some of us, like I think five of us in the class, wanted to go a little bit farther. So we ended up talking to our school and our principal, and we were able to get one of our teachers who was into that as well to actually have like an advanced computer technician class. And when we did that, we were able to get the school to pay for our uh, training as well pay for our uh, vouchers for the tests which was really helpful because that's pretty cool. I didn't have the money in high school to pay for these tests. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're, they're not cheap. Uh, Back in the, they were like 200 then. I think they're more expensive now. Yeah. Yeah. And like and it's a plus is two exams. Mm-hmm. Like it's 150 a piece now. Um, but it covers, it's so wide in what it covers. Mm-hmm. It's, it doesn't take you very deep, but it covers so much stuff. And I think it's essential when you're first getting and in, getting into it and you walk into the enterprise environment, you're going to be like, I have no idea what's going on. But having the A-plus gives you just a little bit of confidence to, like, hear, like what you said, hear a term and be like, yeah. oh, I kind of know what that means. Mm-hmm. I can go, yeah, and shake my head without being completely moronic. Yeah, you, you, can, at least, you can at least recite what the acronym stands for, uh-huh. but not exactly what it does. <laughs> oh, man. I'll go ahead and announce a few winners real quick. I know you guys are waiting for that. I don't want to keep you waiting too long. So I'll announce the rest of the Hack 5 gift card winners real quick. So... <clears throat> Coming in hot from St. Petersburg, St. Petersburg, Russia, we got Andre Zverev, Hack Five gift card, hundred bucks. Congrats, man! Ooh. Coming in from oh our backyard, Weatherford, Texas. Ooh, close. Adam Adam Robliski, Robliski, yeah, Hack Five gift card, hundred bucks. Coming in from Leeds, England, Mark Thorson, hundred dollar Hack Five gift card. Ooh, and then from Bangladesh, we got uh. It, I'm sorry. It's the car, Hussein Efron. <laughs> uh, Hack five gift card, hundred bucks. Dude, congrats. Um, again, you can do some really cool stuff with that. I'll announce the winners of the Noob Army here in a bit. We'll have five winners for that. We'll keep on taking some questions here. One person asked, um, <clears throat> I think it's Colton Card. What's your first cert you plan on taking now that now that we are security focused? 
and we had talked about that one in our John Hammond podcast from last week. We are, me and Chuck are both going to tackle the EJPT, which, mm-hmm. is, which is the what are the E Learn E Learn jur- uh, Junior Penetration Tester. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, which is I heard pretty good and pretty intense. Uh, I talked to John Hammond about it back in 2020, and he was like, "Oh yeah, that's probably the best one." Now he's kind of like, "Eh," but he's also "Eh" about all of these certifications. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I think the answer with security right now is um, I don't know. But certifications really don't ever steer you the wrong way if you pick a good one. I think EJPT is that. Yeah, if, if you're worried about whether a cert you're going for is good or not, just type it into LinkedIn and see what shows up for jobs because it'll bring up every job that mentions it. And if you see a bunch of jobs for it, then you're in luck. Keep going for it. <laughs> and I answered our question from Instagram. It was a Staru uh, George, search for junior penetration tester. Yeah, EJPT, it's in the name. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> WA05 from Instagram said, uh, how did you learn so much about computers? I really admire it. Well, first and foremost, it was getting my certifications to begin with. I watched um, Mike Myers back in the day. You can still watch his stuff on Udemy. It's still really good. And uh, gosh, it was not cheap to get certification stuff back then. The courses mm-hmm. were so expensive. And um, yeah, I would just like, I didn't have a computer to work with. All I had was like a really crappy, I know I had a really old MacBook. So I was just kind of like just writing notes and stuff. The real experience comes when, or the real education comes when you get on the job and you start working. That's why I always say like, yeah, getting certifications is cool. Going to school is I, but <laughs> uh, getting a job is the absolute 100% best education. You're getting education and experience at the same time. Get that job. That's where you win, 100%. Yeah. Oh my gosh, because you, you, get, you get practice proving yourself, practice communicating uh, with everyone around you. Um, you learn a ton. It's like, it's so overwhelming, but so rewarding. So yeah, right now, if you want to get in IT, the first thing you should do is put on your resume, I want to be in IT, not, not verbatim, but something like that, <laughs> and start applying for jobs. If they require five years experience in the A+, plus and then the CCNA, and the Network Plus, and all that, ignore it. Usually it's not real. Just apply anyways. That is their wish list. Mm-hmm. And right now, you know, it's a good time to apply because people there's a ton of jobs out there and a ton of people are just quitting. So, you know what? Great opportunity for you. Seriously. Mm-hmm. We have a real easy one here. Uh, dogs or cats? Dogs. Dogs. Mm-hmm. Always. Actually, I'm kind of like, I don't I don't like pets right now <laughs> because I, I have so many kids. <laughs> I have five kids and a pet would just add to the complications. So, we have an old pug, which you saw in the intro and uh, he's like 12 years old now. He's still kicking. He's He's like really healthy. Yeah, I, I don't get it. I was just a little kid whenever they brought him in. A <laughs> uh, question from Crypto Chris Eighty on Instagram: Fresh out of school, how do I not sound like a noob when interviewing for jobs? Um, lean into it. Sound like a noob. Yeah, be, be honest. A, be a noob. Mm-hmm. They they don't want like they they saw your resume. <laughs> they mm-hmm. know where you're coming from. They know you're a noob. Don't come in there acting like you know stuff. You know nothing. Yeah. The, a lot of hiring managers do not like it whenever you try to fake it. And then they, let's say they ask you a really beginner question and you don't know it. If you answer it and you barely go past it, but you're like, okay, I faked my way through that one question, they're now going to ask you a harder question, which you may just completely falter on. And they're going to be like, okay, this dude's trying to lie to mm-hmm. get past the interview process. Don't try to lie in an interview. Just be honest. It's the best thing you can do. If you're not qualified for the, for the position, you're not qualified. Yeah. Don't 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 try to fake your qualifications so that whenever you go, you do get into the job and you don't you have no idea what to do. Don't don't get in that place. That's one thing you have to realize is like whatever you put like, and be careful what you put on your resume because whatever you put on there 
they're going to ask you about it. They're mm-hmm. going to expect you to know it. So be careful with that. But yeah, be honest about what you don't know. And I, I just doubled down. Like for, for you, you're a noob. Mm-hmm. Put that in your resume. That's your job title. I would I say don't do that. But <laughs> actually, that might be funny. They might like go, oh, this guy called himself a noob. Stand out. That'd be kind of cool. But anyways. Um, yeah. Yeah, that, that's always the one thing. Standing out. Yeah. Try to stand out. Man, I, you, you saw my video about making your own website. Do that. Mm-hmm. Work on your product. Like we were talking with John Hammond last week. Uh, one of the best ways to pad your resume, make it look cool if you have like zero experience, is just start doing stuff right now. Uh, build your own Kubernetes cluster with Raspberry Pis. I made a video about it. Just go do it. <laughs> it it's not going to like help their enterprise environment, but they're going to like, whoa, this guy's doing some really fun stuff. I don't even know how to do that. This guy's kind of neat. Mm-hmm. Um, they want to see hunger and drive, and they want to see interest. And they, they, they don't want to see that you know everything. They want to see that you want to know. You want to know everything, and that's the difference. Because they, I've been in a situation where I have to hire people. I don't want to know it all. No one knows it all. It's just someone faking it. I want to see someone who really, really is hungry, and they're humble, and they want to learn. Best thing in the world. Yep. You know, I know one person asked up here, granted, I never got my CCMP, but I did study for it. There, you're asking uh, how long after your CCNA should you start going for your CCMP? Immediately. Immediately roll in the knowledge that you have from cramming in all your CCNA studies and put that towards your CCMP because the longer you wait in between, the more you forget about the CCNA. Mm-hmm. Because uh, here, here's why. When you get your CCNA, all the stuff you learn in the CCNA, you're not going to use in your job. Even if you are a network engineer, you'll use probably like an eighth of it, maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's the core stuff like subnetting and, and knowing what a router does and a switch does and all that. Beyond that, it could be very, very difficult to practice those skills. So yeah, yeah, I've had many occasions where I've started to go for my CCMP again, and uh, I had to relearn a ton of stuff from CCNA because I just forgot it because I never used it. Good advice, Cam. And that, also keep in mind too, if your goal is CCMP, yeah, roll right into it. You may not need CCMP. I would argue that it's not necessary nowadays. I used to always say, yeah, get that advanced certification, go for it. But now with so many things moving towards the cloud and uh, so many jobs looking at more of your your programming and Linux skills, I will lean more towards that. I think CCNA is great knowledge to build on and then add those tertiary skills. Those will make you more rare. Think about it. It's get (laughs) collecting skills is like collecting Pokemon cards. Um, Is that a good analogy? We'll see. Uh, sort of. Everyone has a Pikachu. Everyone has uh, all these, like, the common cards, right? So everyone's got a CCNA and stuff. You want to get the rare cards, the, the holographic Charizard. <laughs> no one's got the which, holographic Charizard. Which, by the way, I used to have one. My cousin tricked me and traded me for a holographic Gyarados, and I never for- forgave him. But that, that was one thing that brings up. We used to go to the um, well, that DFW end users group. Mm-hmm. We used to go to that, and they had a talk there one time about this was back whenever – Cisco before even they had their net dev stuff, right? Yeah, before they had DevNet. DevNet. Yeah, they didn't have any of their DevNet stuff before this. Like, I think they maybe had it just a little bit. It was rumored. But this is before they had any of their certification line for DevNet. But back then, they were saying that if you could learn networking and also learn Python coding at the same time, that you were a rare unicorn. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that's changing? Um, slowly. I, I think uh, it's like N-Miles just said. What's going on in Miles? He said uh, DevNet's where it's at. Yeah, it is where it's at. So if you don't know what DevNet is, it's Cisco's attempt to teach network engineers how to become developers. Uh, not like totally, but just learning how to use Python and stuff to automate your network. Mm-hmm. The DevNet Associate is the uh, equal version of the CCNA. I got the DevNet Associate a couple of years ago. It's a solid exam. Uh, 
Yeah, I would say it's becoming more common to know Python. It's like everyone and their dog is getting it right now. Like yeah. They're, they're, they're studying <clears> for it. Uh, so the stakes are raising where it's you used to just like know how to make a Python list and dictionary and you were way ahead of the game, mm-hmm. knowing how to use JSON. But now it's like you have to know how to build some stuff with it and actually do things with it and know the tools involved. Um, that's a different thing. I still think that a lot of traditional network guys, and there's a ton of jobs out there who have that, still have the opportunity to up their game and, and change their career. Now, there, there are a lot of places that don't. like. It seems like a lot of people know coding and how to do all this, but in reality, not a lot of people know how to do it. So if you don't know how to use Python already, as soon as we're done with the live stream, go watch all Chuck's videos on how to do Python. Yes. Especially the new one today because mm-hmm. it's really important. Control yeah. flow. Go watch it right now. Control your flow. <laughs> if you don't watch it right now, print, I hate you. <laughs> else, it's okay. Um, and then someone else had asked a question kind of similar to that. that. They said they had just got their CCNA and they're trying to figure out where to go forward. Should they get Linux? Should they go learn Python? The answer is go learn both. Mm-hmm. Don't try to take time just to learn just one. Stuff like that's good to learn together. I We're, we're going to get really big really soon into building up courses and, and content to help you develop those core skills mm-hmm. that launch you off into the other directions. What I've seen, and it's helped me so much, is just knowing, knowing networking, so having a good foundation of networking, so CCNA-level knowledge, and then going deep on Linux and Python uh, will get you so stinking far. Like jumping into hacking, like that was a new world for me. But having being armed with Python, Linux, and, and uh, networking, I'm like, okay, I understand what's going on. Like I'm not totally lost. Same goes for cloud. Same goes for uh, DevOps. Same goes for anything. You can jump. Into, like you, you feel it's not as scary to jump into those worlds. So yeah, dive deep on those foundational skills. And, and if you if you ask anyone, hey, how do I become a hacker? They're gonna go. Learn networking, learn Linux, learn Python. How do I become a cloud engineer? Learn networking, learn Linux. Learn <laughs> like it's, it's just the same thing. So now all of these all these jobs have the same core competencies now. It's really cool. Yeah. It opens up a really big, crazy world. And one person said, and I'm sorry, I personally feel that PowerShell is underrated. I've done so much with that. And I can't agree with you from personal experiences with one of my old coworkers. Uh, his name was David, and he was just a Python, or not Python, PowerShell whiz. No matter how much we gave him crap about, you can't do that with PowerShell. Or why would you make that with PowerShell? You do it anyways, and it works great. So I can't really talk so much crap about PowerShell. No, and if you work for a Microsoft shop, which, I mean, most companies are Microsoft shops, most people use LDAP, Active Directory. Um, knowing PowerShell is powerful. <laughs> uh, no, but seriously, like you can do it. Like it's, you can install PowerShell on Windows. Obviously, it's, it comes baked in, but you can install it on Linux too. And I'm pretty sure you can use PowerShell in AWS, right? Is there a module you can import? Uh, not like that, but you could you could do it from like on-prem. Like you could interface with it using PowerShell. Like okay. they, they, they've made their own modules for mm. AWS stuff. So when you think about PowerShell, yeah, it's Windows only. And it was it was built to be like a a more powerful command prompt for administrators to manage a lot of Windows servers and machines. Mm-hmm. But it's also becoming more like a, a Python, not competitor, but it can do the same things as Python. So like back in the day, before doing DevOps stuff was cool and networking. My buddy Matthew was building networking things to like help our help desk do like uh, add VLANs and, and add uh, security groups to switches using PowerShell. He's using PowerShell, and this is before like doing all this stuff was cool. And some guy asked, um, or Roldy Kimbert, should I get Security Plus before learning Linux slash Python? No. You could do them all at the same time. Asterisk though. Asterisk. 
Linux and Python are extremely important, but if you're going for a job that requires a Security Plus, you're looking for a job that would want that, go ahead and get the cert, but still play with Python and security or in Linux all the time anyways. It's it's not like you have to get a cert for Python, a cert for Linux. It's just constantly use it and expose yourself to it and just get used to using that those tools. Like get used to using Python, get used to using Linux. That way whenever you come into a problem or a situation where you have to interface with it, you already know how to deal with it. Like don't don't, don't get caught not knowing Linux. Yeah, so Linux is something you want to make part of your life like now. And mm-hmm. uh, and there's there's so many easy ways to do it. We should make a video on like the top five ways to put Linux in your life. I think it'd be a good title. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> how to put Linux in your life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'll just lay them off right now. Like WSL2 is a really great way to do that. If you just yeah. have a Windows laptop, you enable a service and you have Linux baked into your Windows computer without installing VirtualBox or anything else. That's stupid, st- stupid awesome. There's cloud providers. There's Linode. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh, love Linode. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do it anywhere. Uh, I was going to say one thing about Security Plus. Oh, Security Plus is really great, though, if your job requires it. And a lot of jobs do. Like, a lot of government agencies have that DOD compliance thing they have to meet. Yeah. Security Plus is a great way to do that. Um, also, you know, I, I haven't taken a Security Plus in a long time. But it it really is a great certification to give you just a foundational understanding of, like, what security means. If you're like, man, hacking sounds so cool. Security sounds so cool but you don't know anything. <laughs> like, so Security Plus gives you like, oh, oh, that's what they mean when they mean encryption. Okay, that's what VPN is. It, gi- it gives you, like you, you might know bits and pieces, but it takes all of that and puts the puzzle together for you. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, okay, so now I know how to move forward. You don't need it, but it's a really nice to have. It really is. <laughs> DJ Remedy is getting us again. Uh, he said, so basically what you're saying, it's about drive, it's about power shell, uh, and putting in the work in the hours. Rock solid advice. Good one. Good Rock one, DJ solid Remedy. <laughs> I, I'm liking that. I'm here for that. Um, did you have another one? I can find one real quick. Uh, I, I'll read one real quick. Um, how can we transition from DevOps to Net DevOps? I'm pretty sure DevNet has something for that. I think that. the only difference for that is go learn networking. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Just yeah, yeah. Go learn networking and then take what you've learned from DevOps to networking. Wait, doesn't Cisco guys in there, doesn't Cisco or... um. Yeah, doesn't Cisco have a uh, a version of the exam for uh, developers to learn a wee bit of networking? I'm pretty sure it's like a DevNet uh, professional certification or something, something like that. But yeah, they do. Cisco does offer like, hey, if you're a developer, here's a little bit of networking you need you need to know to continue. Uh, whereas DevNet's all about, okay, you already know a lot of networking, so here's the all the the, the yeah. programming you have to learn. Here's a little bit of networking that you should already know. And okay, James, we'll answer your question. <laughs> okay, okay, James, you said it enough. <laughs> Who has the bigger, and don't take this as um, permission to try to spam. He just has a good question. He's been asking it a lot. Mm-hmm. Who has the bigger advantage, penetration testers or red hats? And can you tell me more about them? I am a new learner. Um, in my opinion, who has penetration testers or red hats? I don't know. I wouldn't be able to give a good answer. Well, I mean... I. When you say red hat, I'm assuming you mean red team, and they're kind of the same thing. I was gonna say like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I kind of like, I read the question differently in my mind. I was thinking like penetration test, like I was thinking like red versus blue team, who has the better? Uh, I don't really know. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's it just depends on like what you enjoy doing. So like, um, penetration tester and a red teamer are kind of the same things. You're on offensive security. Your job is to try and break into things, which mm-hmm. sounds really really fun. But your mind may not be built for that. 
and that's fine. And you may, and it may not be that you don't, you're not good at it. it may, maybe you don't like it. So there's a blue team side of things where you're all about building up security and making sure things are safe and secure and you love installing systems and building systems rather than breaking them. I have to admit, I love the blue team side of things too. I've been on the blue team side of things. I wasn't officially called blue team, but I was definitely in charge of putting in firewalls and window security and doing all that stuff before it was. I knew it was called blue team. So I guess he, said, he says he clarified red hat hackers, but I guess still saying penetration testers. I'm guessing is he's saying like, legitimate penetration testers and red hat hackers is like nefarious like black hat you mean yeah i guess like black hat but um i mean there's if you're saying like black hat versus white hat maybe that's the question um the advantage is that if you're a white hat you don't go to jail <laughs> question over <laughs> question over a <laughs> uh, good question uh, that michaela got for us what is this noobs podcast actually about so most of it and you're going to learn this. Like, If you're really fresh in IT, you're brand new, maybe you just get your first certification, you feel like, I think I can know everything. Mm-hmm. I'm going to become a CCIE. I'm going to do it. I feel so confident. You'll find out the further you go down that path, the more you don't freaking know. Mm-hmm. If you talk to a CCIE, they're like, yeah, there's a ton of crap I don't know. And you think they're like in God mode. If you don't know what CCIE is, it's like one of the top Cisco certifications that you can get. Really, really difficult. But... Um, I lost the question again. <laughs> oh, so the Noobs podcast. I, I, I want to create a culture in IT where it's okay to be a noob because mm-hmm. we're all noobs in something. Sure, some of us have like really deep discipline and knowledge in something like networking or EIGRP or ethical hacking or PowerShell, whatever it is. But there's something that you're a noob in and it's okay because like we're all in that noob status. Now with me and what I do here on YouTube, I'm always a freaking noob because I'm mm-hmm. always learning something new and making a video about it. And that's really what I want this podcast to be about, embracing the noob mentality. It's okay to be a noob. It's fun to be a noob because if you're not a noob, that means you're not learning. Yeah. <laughs> and you always have to be learning. Mm-hmm. So me and Cameron, are, what we want to do here is bring on people who know way more than we do about so many things, which is not really hard to do. And they're going to help us kind of get out of that noob status and different concentrations from hacking to uh, programming to cloud to networking to everything. And that's what, that's what this is about, just embracing the noob yeah. mentality and... Uh, and learning. <laughs> Which, this is a good add-on to that from um, 8-Bit Oni. You learn one thing and realize you don't know about five more things. Yeah. And yes. that's, that's, that's that's accurate. Yeah. Was it cutting off the head of the... Uh, what was that, the, what's that snake thing that in Greek mythology? I always forget. I, I forgot now. I'm out of coffee. <laughs> uh, oh, good man. question. This came in from nobody. It's their name. What is the first course I should do, and what's the first cert I should get for pen testing? So we already kind of answered that. Also, can you get hired as a 16-year-old, or do you need to be 18? How would you be hired? Um, I wouldn't see anyone hiring 16. So this is an unpopular opinion, another hot take. There's the Gary V mindset. (laughs) And if you don't know who Gary V is, I mean, go look him up. He'll come up immediately. But there's the mindset of where um, everyone right now expects to be paid for everything they do. And that's not a bad thing, especially you have skills that are in demand and everything else. But if you're like 16 and you want to get into pen testing, you want to get into all that, the best way to to accomplish that goal is to start doing it immediately. And I would offer my services for free at whatever company that would take me. Say, hey, dude, I will get your coffee. I will will hold the network cables for you. I will polish your shoes while you hack. Like whatever it is, do it for free. Seriously, as, as long as you can get in there, and especially if, like if you're going to network engineering, if you get in somewhere and they'll let you take data center trips whenever you're not supposed to be in the data center, 
that's always the most fun. I think I spent one night, I spent all, I spent all night in a data center. I didn't come home till like, I worked all day and then I didn't come home till like six or seven in the morning because they had, they had, a, they had a change that night and I just wanted to sit in and watch it. Yeah. Like that's, and that's what I did too. When I was in the help desk, I was, I, I wasn't even whole help desk yet. I was junior help desk. They made up that position for me. That's how bad I was. <laughs> that wasn't a thing before. And I saw the networking team. I saw what they were doing. I'm like, my gosh, they look like they are so cool. They weren't that cool. Mm -hmm. No, but they were pretty cool. Um, I'm like, I want to do that. So I just said, hey, I don't know anything. Can I just come with you to the data center? I wasn't getting paid. I was mm -hmm. making like $35,000 a year. And I was getting paid nothing. And my wife was at home with our, our baby daughter. And I'm like, hey, honey, I'm not going to be home for dinner. Probably be home tomorrow morning. I'm going to go to the data center and not do anything. I'm just going to sit there and watch. Mm -hmm. If they need me to hold a, a, a server up while they screw in the uh, the screws, I'm going to do that. That that paved the way for me. Yeah. So just be willing to do anything, even if even if it's for free, because that'll open up so many doors. Be that guy. Be that girl. Seriously. No, if you haven't watched King of the Hill, if you haven't seen the episode where he goes to work at the racetrack, it's, it's <laughs> always be the go-to guy. Be the go-to guy. <laughs> Just make sure it's the right boss. <laughs> Your brother, be the go-to guy for the right thing. Uh, <laughs> a good question came in, and I'm assuming I know what he's saying, from Ryan Brown. He said, is it better to be hired directly or go through an agency? And I would say it doesn't really matter. I would say as long as you end up at the right spot or you end up at a good company, it doesn't matter if the company hired you directly or if it came in through an agency. Most of the time, the agency is going to be easier to get into a place. And nine times out of ten, if you're really, really good, like if you come in there hungry and you're showing your worth, they're going to buy out your contract or just wait till your contract ends and they're going to hire you on full time. A ton of people I've done that for, seen it happen. It's totally possible. But yeah, what he's asking about is there's, um, you got to go to a company directly and like apply for their help desk job. A lot of companies will go through agencies, they'll go through um, hiring firms, mm -hmm. and you'll be hired as a contractor for that company, and you're working for a, uh, the company that they dealt with. So you're not actually working for Network Chuck LLC, you're working for, what's a, what's a company that contracts? I, I can't remember now. HCL. HCL, you're working for HCL, and HCL is basically loaning you to me to work for me. Mm -hmm. And that gives me the ability to not have to pay your salary uh, and be on the hook for like health insurance and stuff. Um, but if I see you're worth my time, I'm like, okay, I want this guy full time. And that happens all the time. No, I know, I knew tons of people who came from HCL and got hired on full time at the company I was at. And they just, they kicked butt and the company liked them. They were like, okay, we can't afford to lose these people if something was to happen with HCL. So we got to bring them on internally. And then uh, Apidoni asked another question, which do you like better? I haven't enough, had enough experience with this. Probably gonna be a qu question for you to answer, which is uh, what you like better, uh, hack the box or um, try hack me I um, I like them both for different reasons it's not like a, a better or anything else um, hack the box is so cool because they um, they design their paths based on becoming a uh, or using their their bigger boxes their hack like so they have hack the box Academy and then it leads into mm -hmm. their their actual hack the boxes which is industry-wide well-known how difficult they are I think they're even working on a certification for that, and they just ha uh, announced their battlegrounds thing, which is like a, a almost an esports competition for hackers, which is really cool. That's really cool. So I I love them for that reason. The content's really good. Um, Trihack me is also really cool. I, yeah. I love what they do. So I, I I honestly I use them both. Yeah, I use them both. That's, I, That's I why I could answer the question. I just started playing with both of them, but I can't really decide which one is my favorite because they're both awesome. Mm-hmm. 
I'm going to go ahead and announce some more winners real quick for the. Uh, so I'll, I'll announce all the winners right now. So we already did the hack five, if you're, in case you're wondering. So go back and check if that was you. Uh, now we're going to announce the five winners of the Noob Army membership, which, again, real quick plug. This is, I guess we'll say it's sponsored by a Noob Army membership yeah. today. It's a way for us. You're helping us do more of what we're doing here. Um, it's a membership where you get, we're going to add some cool perks to it. A lot of stuff coming soon. And if you have an idea for what you might want for a membership like that, let us know. Uh, but a ton of courses we're going to start offering through it. Um, exclusive access to us. And then we're also going to be donating, donating 10% of all the proceeds, all of it, to charity. So it's just a cool way to uh, be part of the community and help us do more of what we're doing here. Anyways, so the winners for uh, one year of a new Barbie membership. First one from Philadelphia, USA. We got James Murphy. Congrats, James. Woo. Next from uh, Evere, I think how you say it, Evere, Belgium. We have Gardner Miles. Congrats. Congrats. Uh, Carl McPherson from Le- Leicester, England. Congrats. And then from Frankfurt, Germany, we have Kevin Kowitz, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and then from South Carolina, we've got Samuel Brotherton. Brotherton. I like that last name. Brotherton. 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 Um, they won a year membership to Noob Army, uh, helping us do more of what we do. And uh, that kind of bleeds into our Discord membership as well, which is free, but we're start, we'll start doing more oh, stuff you, you, there. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah more stuff coming. More stuff coming. I keep forgetting to answer this one question that was one of my favorites. Somebody was asking, what is our favorite uh, Hack 5 device? Ooh, good question. So uh, I'll let you answer first because you, you just started using it. I just started playing with a whole bunch. He let me take a whole bunch home, and I just started tinkering with all of them. I didn't get to play with all of them yet, but if I had to say which one currently is my favorite, it would be the Land Turtle. Mm-mm-mm. So mine is actually tied, three-way tie. I like the Land Turtle, the, uh, the Shark Jack. And because the Shark Jack is so cool, because it just has, it's just like a USB with a, uh, a RJ45 uh, plug on it, and then the uh, the USB rubber ducky or the bad USB, those are really really fun, really deadly. What you can do with them, it's mm-hmm. it's, it's insane. Or even the um, which one was it? The Packet Squirrel. That oh. one that one's also really cool. Packet Squirrel and uh, Land Turtle were all really cool. I mean, all the stuff they make is cool. So the answer is all of them. All of them. All of them. All of it's our cool. favorite. <laughs> Ooh, question from Mundus Est Tomb. What is OSI? Answer that. It's basic. Noob. <laughs> Are you saying like someone should an- answer that when they get on a job interview? What's well, the open systems interconnect? It's the model for how we design and use our networks and how they interact, sucker. <laughs> <laughs> answer that, noob. <laughs> um, I got a whole video about that. Go look at my CCNA uh, series. Now, this is a really good one. It's kind of one of those same things where you're kind of playing to like imposter syndrome and stuff. Is, uh, is it better to be a jack of all trades? Or like a, just a all-in-one for one thing. Mm, man, I used to be a really huge advocate of going in on one thing. So the reason I, part of the reason I accelerated so quickly and got to six figures really fast is because I, I, um, I focused on one technology in particular, and that was Cisco Voice, mm-hmm. and that was a rare skill. No one had it, and no one really cared about it. So I, I doubled down on it, and I, it opened up the door for a lot of cool job opportunities. Um, nowadays. I think I think you can still do that. Like you can still like really focus on Cisco Voice, for example, and if you pair that with Python, really really rare. Yeah, uh, I don't know, Karen. What do you think? I mean, whenever I jumped into cloud, I was thinking I'm gonna be just an all-in-one cloud guy, and it, I got stopped at that right at the door because I immediately figured out that I had to be a systems guy, still had to be a network guy, had to learn coding, and then also do cloud. So. 
with the way things are going and the way I think everything's going towards cloud is I don't think a lot of people will have the option anymore to just be an all-in-one type person. I feel like those positions will be way, there'll be a lot less of those. It's going to be a lot of, you need to know a lot of things. And that's what most positions are going to be now. Yeah, I, I think what it's going to be like is you have to be, um, you have to be very wide, uh, but shallow in a lot of things. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be an expert at storage, but you have to understand what storage, like where it plays into the cloud. Um, and then be deep in something that makes you special. That makes you like, I, like on, on your cloud team, right? Mm-hmm. Or your previous cloud team, <laughs> you were the networking guy because you had a strong networking background. And then you would have other guys who had stronger backgrounds in different disciplines. Now you all right. knew a bit of everything, but you had guys who were the go-to for that one thing. Right, like you, you had your Windows guy, you had your Linux guy. I ended up becoming more of the network guy because I latched on to the first thing that was familiar to me when I left networking the cloud and that was our cloud networking so I latched onto that learned as much as I could and eventually when you do that kind of stuff you become the go-to person when people want to know about questions for oh where does this particular part go how does this route to here how does this go to here it's always good to become the point guy for that but still know everything because I didn't just get to sit back and with my glory of knowing all the network for AWS I also had to still go learn what everyone else knew. I had to go talk to the Windows guy, learn more about Windows, talk to the Linux guy, learn more about Linux. Like I didn't, like even a year or two being in the cloud team, I didn't just know everything. I would still have to call up people and be like, hey, can you help me with this real quick? And they'd shadow me for like, I don't know, 30 minutes to an hour working on an issue. Um, But learning, long-winded, but learn everything. (laughs) Don't just settle in on one thing. Right now. Right now. So seriously, like, how to get far in IT? Um, what was that? <laughs> Someone sneaking in. How to get far in IT is going to be different for everyone because um, really, really, how to get far in IT is to follow your passion and that like whatever it is. So for me, I really, really enjoyed networking and I really enjoyed Cisco Voice, and because I really enjoyed it, I loved doing it even when I wasn't at work. I loved studying it. I would stay at work later just like working on it because it wasn't work for me most of the time. When no one, like my best times at work was when there was no one around. It was just me and my computer and no one bothering me with tickets or just messing with me. And I just got to play with the technology. When you get to that point, you know you found what you're supposed to do and dive deep into that. And you know what? You don't have to stay there either. You can change. You can pivot. I was strong in Cisco voice. Now I'm doing hacking just because I want to. And that's, that's what's cool about IT. You can pivot and do whatever you stink and want. <laughs> that's what I loved about working for my, that uh, one company, one of my first companies was that um, if one day I decided that I wanted to learn more about SQL databases and I wanted to really become the SQL database guy, I could. The opportunity was there. And so many companies are like that. So mm-hmm. don't put yourself in a box. Um, also, don't feel like you have to learn everything. Like you, you do need to become familiar with things. But pick what you love doing and dive deep. And once that gets boring, pick something else because there's so many things to do in IT. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> I could talk about that for a long time. Yeah, there's a lot you can do. The haircut fish says, wait, Network Chuck enjoys networking? Who knew? Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> I do enjoy some networking, especially network hacking. That's really fun. Love me some NMAP and all kinds of other stuff. How many cups of coffee do you drink per day? I've had to cut down. I've had to. Um, in fact, <laughs> if you're still watching this, this is water. <laughs> <laughs> this is a cup of water. It's all for sure. It's a lie. <laughs> Lies. The cake is a lie. <laughs> So I used to like, 
I would wake up and do my admin work. So I manage my company. I got a, I got a, like you know four employees now or so and a bunch of contractors. So I, I do a lot of admin work, CEO type of things. And then I get to researching and studying and then making videos. I would wake up and have like three cups of coffee to do that. And then the afternoon is when I record. I get to record, I turn my lights on my studio on, I just go for it, but I have to have a lot of energy to do that. So I brew another uh, pot of coffee and drink like two or three cups during that. And then sometimes on Mondays, when I used to do my live stream, I do it in the morning, drink coffee in the afternoon, and then I'd brew some more for the live stream. So I would, some days, 10, 11 cups of coffee, and like, my heart was dying, <laughs> just dying, and I have a headache the next day. Now that I'm at the ripe old age of 32, I can have about maybe two and a half cups in the morning, and when it's time for recording in the afternoon, I brew some decaf. <laughs> so it's, I can't believe I'm saying that. But yeah, it's, it, it does a job for me. I, I like it. I'm not going to apologize for it. <laughs> and someone asked, how many certifications do we have combined? I mean, you have more than me. I've only gotten three. I, I don't even pay attention anymore. I, or, oh wait, no, technically I have four. Why? Whenever I got my A+, plus, oh, I, that's right. I technically also got this one called the, the Test Out PC Pro. Which, it, if you've never heard of that, it doesn't matter. It makes sense you haven't heard of it. Because <laughs> that's the only time I ever heard of it. It's because that's what the school provided us for training. And and they were just like a complimentary. They were like, hey, as you're going for the A+, as long as you just complete this course, we'll give you an actual certification. Mm. And I never put that into my resumes. <laughs> no, and you shouldn't. <laughs> um, certs are only... So here, here's the, the real thing. Well, how many do you have? I... Any active ones? I, I saw my. Well, CCNA. no, I don't even count active because. Well, so I've had <laughs> my CCNA is inactive now. CCNA, CCNA Voice, A Plus, Security Plus, uh, Azure Administrator Associate. Um, you got you got Linux Plus, right? Oh, Linux Plus. Uh, I almost got the CCMP, but because of some like, uh, one of them like you had to get take three tests to get that sucker. One of my I passed all three exams, but one of them was, was expired, so I didn't get it. Get it? It's like a technicality. Anyways, the. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Honestly, it doesn't matter because at some point in your career, here's how it is. Like Certifications are really cool for their marketing ability. They help you get a job, and they look fancy and nice. But education, sort of, or I mean not education, no, not college, experience certifications. And I, this is like a, a weight thing. So like, yeah. So, so, uh, <laughs> my point is that experience is way better. Um, at a certain point in my career, Getting certifications was stupid. Didn't matter. Like yeah. I had X many years of experience doing this one thing, and I was getting calls every single week for companies to to poach me and come over there. That was it. And I just needed to build my skills in that discipline. And no one cared about certifications. No one. So they're good for getting your foot in the door. They're good for changing careers. They're good for validating skills that you don't already have validated by your experience. Beyond that. It doesn't stinking matter. So you, you look at someone like John Hammond, who has a million certifications. He does that because he, first of all, enjoys it. He mm -hmm. doesn't need it. Second, he does it for the research. He wants to be able to tell you guys what is good and what's bad. He wants to be uh, informed for you. And that's part of the reason why, like, like me and Cameron, we don't, we can just say, hey, we're hackers, and we're just going to do it. <laughs> we're getting the certifications because we, we want to see if they're worth it, right. if they're worth it for you. We're going we're gonna to be the guinea pig for you and document that journey and have fun with it, and hopefully it's cool. But yeah, you really don't need them unless you're green and just getting started. Yeah, if you need it for the resume, yeah, then you need certs. But if you're in a job already doing it, I'm not exactly sure how much a cert will help you. Because I, I could have got my, I could have gone for my solutions architect professional, but what would that have done? Nothing. 
I, I'm already I'm already doing AWS. Mm. I'm already doing the same stuff every day. But just because I would have that one cert that was really really hard, I wouldn't do anything different. I'm doing the same thing. Yeah, like like when I was uh, a network engineer, um, I could have gotten my CCMP while I was there, and if I had a strong enough why, a big enough why, like oh big pay raise or hey you would become a senior or whatever if you got it, I probably would have gotten it. But at the point at the point in time, like it didn't matter. Like there was no incentive. It was just like hey you were already doing the work. Some of the work I was doing. <laughs> was definitely CCMP level. Most of it mm-hmm. actually was. Some of it was uh, CCIE level, if you want to put it in levels. It all mixes together. It's all about the skills you yeah. build on the job and how you become valuable for that company. It doesn't really matter. That's the point. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But if you're just getting started, they totally matter. So get them. Don't feel discouraged. And, and at the end of the day, it's always better to have them than not. So if you're like, oh, I'm not sure if it's going to affect my job uh, aspects or prospects or anything like that, just try to get it, and it's it's going to be valuable for you either way. And if if you ask me, is uh, a degree more valuable than certifications? No, Mm-mm. certifications are more valuable than de- uh, degree. And the reason why, certifications are more current. So if you have an A plus and you constantly renew your A plus every couple of years, that shows that you're constantly learning, continuing education. But if you have a degree you got 20 years ago that doesn't really hold as much weight because what they taught you 20 years ago doesn't equal what we're doing today, especially mm-hmm. with the updated tests or whatever. But I did see one good question, which um, if your cert is expired, do you still put it on your resume? Or what? Or is that where experience comes in? And I would say that's where experience comes in. If, if you've had a job as long as a cert has taken to expire, so about like two to three years typically, I would say you probably have enough experience to say, like if you have three years of networking experience, like pretty good networking experience, and your CCNA expires, you're like, yeah, I've already proven I can do it for three years. I don't need a CCNA for that. Yeah, although some jobs still want that CCNA thing on their on your resume, and it's good for searchability. It's like if you're yeah, if people are searching like so. Here's here's how jobs get offered, right? A bunch of recruiters will get on like Dice.com or Indeed or LinkedIn or whatever, and they'll search for network engineers keyword, CCNA <laughs> keyword, and they'll see what comes up. So having that stuff on your resume. Like I, I saw my A plus in my resume. It's been expired for years. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like no, I will say this. Like if you have your CCNA back from like when did it first start from the get go and you're now here, things have changed. Probably remove that. Doesn't matter anymore. But no one cares what version of the exam you passed. Yeah. As long as you at one point gain the knowledge and you can prove it now. It's all about what you know now. Uh, we'll take a few more questions here. I, I got a list here I want to go through and then we'll we'll call it a day because it's already six sixteen here been going for almost an hour and 15 minutes um we made up for the time that we were getting ready <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh there's a lot of questions here i'm just trying to find a few that i feel like answering right now uh question from antonio do i hack stuff in my free time ethically of course yeah yeah like mm-hmm. i'm constantly learning hacking like most of the time i'm, I'm doing youtube stuff which is like studying for a video or uh, preparing it editing it uh, managing people but yeah my free time like yeah, I'm learning hacking stuff and, and programming and stuff. That's, that's what we do. Yeah, it's what I. It's 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 fun for me. Yeah, like that's one thing you got to kind of evaluate is a lot of people don't don't have this feeling, but I think we both have this. Is like whenever it comes to the end of the day, and it's like you can choose to relax or kind of learn. A lot of times, I like to go sit and tinker with something. Like mm-hmm. it's fun to just go mess around with things and just learn. I'm not. It's not necessarily studying for a certification. I'm just tinkering with stuff and 
that's fun. That's fun to me. Mm-hmm. Like whenever I first got my Ubiquity network and started building that all out, that was fun. I kept me entertained for like two or three weeks. <laughs> just doing stuff like that. If you're constantly entertained by stuff like that, just and I'm sure if you watch Chuck, you are because that's basically what the channel's dedicated to is just doing new projects all the time. But yeah, just keep doing projects. Stay dedicated to just learning all the time, even if it's not something that is applicable to put on a resume. Like I still talked about projects that I did at home in interviews just because mm-hmm. they that's one of the things that shows your passion. I remember when I got my first Raspberry Pi. Story time. <laughs> and it was the best feeling in the world. It was 2016 or 15 or something like that. I was a network engineer, just like a standard admin. And uh, I drove to Fry's Electronics when it was still around. And I picked it up and I drove back to the office and I unboxed it and I was so excited. And it's because it was just something different. Like... Like Cameron said, it was a hobby. Uh, it was um, totally unrelated to networking. I barely knew how to use it because I knew nothing about Linux back then. And it was just really cool novelty. So if you find yourself like bored in your job or like bored in your journey, switch things up, spice it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that's the thing. If you, Once you get in IT and you find that you just do it in your free time too, you're hooked. You're good. You found your thing for life. Yeah. That's fine. It's awesome. My wife hates it. <laughs> so is mine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw one. If your significant other doesn't hate you for how much you tinker, then you're not doing it enough. That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where, oh, I was going to uh, – okay, here's a good question from uh, Mihail. What coffee do you have to drink if uh, you want to become a good hacker like us? Networkchuck.coffee. <laughs> <laughs> That's rhetorical. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's the best method to brew your coffee from uh, Eric? I like all of them for different reasons. My go-to brew – my daily grind is the French press. But uh, when I brew it in the afternoon, I use a Chemex. And when I'm feeling fancy, I use my back pot. Yeah, yes, back pot. <laughs> now, uh, like I said before, if you're coming on now, me and Chuck actually both worked at Starbucks for a yep. little bit of time. So we both learned mm-hmm. the art of making coffee. And a lot of people always said that their favorite, like really experienced coffee drinkers, it was always uh, French press. Because it, it keeps a lot of the, uh, I guess the same thing would almost be for back pot too. They they hold a lot of the or no no VacPot is a is that a paper filter? Uh, oh, I use a metal filter for your, your VacPot. Mm-hmm. So really anything that uses a metal filter allows a lot of the uh, coffee oils to stay in a lot of the flavor profiles. So that's the real nerdy answer to that question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this is the last question we're going to take, and then we'll call it a night uh, or a day wherever you're at. Uh, from Mateo, or no no actually from Matt. That's weird. Your names are like right next to each other. Matt, it's not in alphabetical order. Matt, um, how do you decide what to make videos on? Great question because it's <laughs> it's often a hard thing because I will agonize over it. Sometimes I uh, sometimes it just like comes to me like, oh my gosh, I've been really into cryptocurrency l- lately and I want to mine cryptocurrency on a Raspberry Pi. Is that possible? Let me research this. Totally possible. That's going to be a great video. I think people mm-hmm. will love that. So the way I decide videos is, first of all, does it interest me? Does it make me excited? And then I think, okay, is it cool enough? Is it interesting enough to be displayed and shown in a video? Because sometimes I'm in like really nerdy, geeky stuff that you would not care about. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to make a video about BGP, CCMP level stuff. That would be really boring. All five of you would watch it, right? <laughs> um, so it's, it has to pass a certain few levels. Like, okay, is it really exciting? Is it really visually appealing? Well, most of my audience really like this. Um, that's kind of the test. And also, I'm always looking for ideas. So if you have ideas for like what you want to see, what kind of content you want made, talk to me or Cameron. We're going to make it. Mm-hmm. Let us know because it's, it's, it is hard to make good content. 
um, and stay on top of like all the new stuff. So we're always working on that. It's 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 probably one of the hardest parts of doing what we do. Yeah. But anyways, uh, one more question that I thought <sighs> was I thought it was interesting because it's something we just recently did. Some guy who has to have been a longtime watcher asked, "Are we still using the same setup as before for our DMVPN?" No, we are not. Mm-hmm. We we just recently created the VPN tunnel between our two Dream Machine Pros so that I can upload videos to his Synology. And it's wicked fast. It's too. so like, fast. What's the speed we have? Uh, I mean, it's not crazy fast, but it's still over a VPN connection that we made ourselves with like no crazy configuration. We're still getting like 30 megabits per second. Yeah. yeah. On, on an upload to your, and that, that's also the upload to your NAS. So like it's, that's the speed at what it's transferring over there. That's not necessarily our throughput to each other. Yeah, yeah, and also the overhead of encryption and all that. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's wicked fast. But yeah, that's what we have now is, so at one point we were all, like it was just more of a Cisco lab we had. Mm-hmm. So um, we, I had a, I, I, actually, I still have all the equipment for it. You probably still do. Some, and of, we, some of it's probably sitting over there. <laughs> no, actually, I think it's plugged in and running. I, I'm probably connected <laughs> to somebody right now. <laughs> Uh, some other Cameron. But yeah, we had a Cisco <laughs> DMVPN, which is really cool to set up, really fun. Uh, but it's, it's not practical anymore for a home lab. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're big fans of Ubiquiti. It's it's uh, easier to use. And, uh, yeah, that's the end of that story. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we love Ubiquiti stuff. It's so fun. Yeah, it really is. Anyways, um, if you have any questions for us, be sure to, like, uh, send us an email, chuck.com, if you have any ideas, or just comment in the video. And if you haven't already, subscribe to this new channel we have, Noobs because we're all noobs, and uh, make sure you uh, check out the Spotify and the Apple Podcast. What? (laughs) TJ Remedy right at the end. You do it again? I'm glad to have attended this podcast. I learned so much, and remember, it's about drive. It's about PowerShell. We stay hungry for information. We devour, put in the work, and the hours (laughs) rock on. Uh, That's that's, that's a good way for us to end it, DJ Remedy. I think that's really good. That's a good note to end on. And I'm fading because I've already recorded a lot today. Yeah. We'll end um, it right there. <laughs> yes, yes. And again, if you uh, want to help us do more of what we do here and become a b- part of a cool team, check out the Noobs Army membership link below. Or if it's not there, it's like ntck.co <laughs> forward slash premium. Something. <laughs> Just go to neverstack.com. You'll find it. And uh, yeah, I'm tired. Camera, yeah. I'm tired. End it. Later, guys. See you later. We'll catch <laughs> y'all later. <laughs> Press the button. Where's the button? <laughs> there it is. Goodbye. Bye.